Welcome to another episode of the 3 on 3 podcast. We're now into October, the, se- the games are coming thick and fast, and fans are still inter- entertaining us on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. This week we have nearly on IR, but he's he's ploughed through, the absolute super trooper that is Scott, and we have the diva. Gents, how are you both? I'm pretty good, I think I'm better than Scott. Scott looks a bit rough, bless him, and his little uh, ladies um, dressing gown and stuff, and Looks like he doesn't want to be here, but I'm sure he'll soldier on like he always do. Does rather. It's um, I think it's a unisex top. I'm blagging that. It's a nice woolly top. Of my <laughs> um, yeah, COVID has struck after a, a, a gallivanting few days away. But yeah, no, I'm I'm looking forward to tonight. Yeah, we'll not mention the gallivanting bits, but uh, our guest this week it's his debut appearance on the pod, and he's asked us to be gentle with him. And I just can't see it happening. But we'll give it a good <laughs> shot. Thank you, Dom Best, for giving us your time. How are you, matey? I'm good, thank you. Thanks very much for having me on. Looking forward to this. Looking forward to a uh, bit of a ding-dong with Scott. So, yeah, let's get it on. Let's go Boys, before we get going, can I just address the elephant in the room? What elephant is that? Because there's many elephants in the room. Uh, that would be the scoring sensation from the Devils, Riley Brands. Now, admittedly, I think... All four of us on the pod have said less than nice things about him uh, in the past. Um, I think he's been wow. universal. Uh, D- Dominic, you can join in in a second. Don't get too, like, you know, it's your first time. Calm down. Um, <laughs> no one I can think of has been positive about him. Um, one person in the group may have been more on him than the rest of us, but I've definitely given him some shit. Um, maybe I need to own my shit a little bit. Um if he can play that way consistently and he can put the production in like the likes of in the past, Yafinities, Richardson's, Joey Talbot's that could play that role and still put the points on the board, there may be a player in there after all. Um, so we may be wrong. We've triggered a lot of fans, clearly, uh, with his subtweeting and tweeting and stuff in the last few weeks, uh, which I'm sure Scott will go into in a bit later. So, yeah, um, a bit of praise for Riley Brand because you don't score three and three if you're a bad hockey player. Um, I'm sure he doesn't give two shits what people like us on the podcast say about him. Um, if he even helped him 0.1% to motivate him, then excellent. But Riley Brandt, player of the weekend. Discuss. We're not going that far. But fair play, he's got some goals. Congratulations. Um, I look forward to seeing his stats at the end of the season. And if we're proved wrong, we're proved wrong. We'll own our shit. But... Uh, I'll uh, I'll not get the the bunting and the party stuff out like some Cardiff fans are doing. Um, that's not our identity, is it? So highlights: um, Nottingham four point weekend um, after no defence were given in Glasgow. Uh, Sheffield four points, Cardiff four points, and you have Dundee Guildford with no point. Uh, gents, what was your highlights this weekend? My my highlight was after the the shit show. In Cardiff on Friday, can't be going there and losing five nil in a cup game. It's uh, it's the fight back from the blaze and a a big big six one win, uh, goals from all round and Ripley getting a hat trick. Well, if I go highlight of the weekend, it's not hockey related. It's going to the uh, dance club with my daughter in Holland and having a great time on a Friday afternoon. That was wicked, one of the best things I've ever done in my life. Um, but we're talking hockey. Ripley, hat-trick, can't look beyond that. Incredible. The guy's going to be a star. First hat-trick of his career, all for it, and congratulations, Mr Ripley. Um, highlight for me would, obviously, I think John's touched on it, Riley Brandt. I think, you know, he's he's silenced a few critics, temporarily, maybe. Um, and the Devil's fourth line, getting four, four, out of, four or five of our 11 goals over the weekend, so looking like we we can produce across across the board so that that would be my i'm going to say the one that scott and john have said cuz you know ripley getting a hat trick is fantastic to see and i'm going to call this i think we need to make space on space on our bandwagon brand whistle needs a friend 
podcast favourite, we need to add another one. And I'm saying Ripley fits the bill. Um, we like to see good bit players do well. Um, and it's great to see. Also, I saw Waller get a few goals for Cardiff this weekend. So good on him. But I don't know what you guys think. But uh, yeah, let's, let's pump Ripley's tyres and he can get on the bandwagon for all I'm concerned. Yeah, and he'll get a shot at the moment because we JD Dudek's got an upper body injury. We don't know the timeline on that, so he will fit in onto the third line. And well, three shots, three goals. You, you can't really do anything more than that, can you? No, you can't. Um, and in fairness, you look back. That's how Kirk got his Liam Kirk got his chance. He got to advantage of a couple of injuries, and away you go. Uh, and if Richard weird, is anything close, great for him. It's weird. Like when Briss get to play, they get to score some goals. Weird that. There you go. Just a, just a thought. There you go. <laughs> so we move from the goals and the, the pretty stuff to, to hits. Because there's been a few hits, uh, if you take notice on social media. Some that have upset fans, some have gone, well, is that it? Um, we'll start with Saturday night in Manchester. Um, Watling getting a, a hit, uh, which resulted in a five-minute power play. Guys, what did you think of that one? I'm unsure on this one, to be fair. I'm edging on the side of it being a good hit than a bad hit. I did disagree with Scott recently in the way that Watley skates, and he's quite low centre of gravity. Um, I think he's going to get lit up a few times this season, the way he does play the game. He's very, you know, he's, he's, he's very low centre of gravity, and he's not always maybe looking around. That was a bit um, more where he had time to maybe see the hit coming, and he didn't. It looked probably a bit more dramatic the way it kind of finished because he went into the bench, and it probably looked, you know, pretty bad if you didn't get the right angle um, I'm not convinced that was a five minute penalty to be fair and the, the power play which did result in it but then again I've just seen the one angle I may be completely wrong but of the hits we've seen recently which we've kind of dissected and we've taken them apart and we've generally gone against the hitter as being a bad hit more often than not um, on that occasion I'd say he wasn't a bad hit um, I think maybe Sheffield got lucky having the five minute power play as a result of it but uh Watlin may have to be a bit more careful because he's going to get lit up, as I said, and he could get seriously hurt because he's not a big guy. And um, I'm sure he'll learn as the season goes on and he'll protect himself a bit better. But uh, for me, good hit. Well, uh, yeah, well, what I said the other week, he's, he's hockey going soft. He's, a hit's there to be made. If you are by the boards, you've got to be expecting hits. And he wasn't, again. And that's on him. And as a the storm player has to be making that hit, he has to be going after Watling, especially by the bench, sending a message. Because, you know, the Steelers are a better team than the storm, so any advantage that they can get. No, it's, he's eligible to be hit. It just shows the state of the storm webcast, though, and they're charging the same prices as production of the Steelers. And you're getting blurry cameras and all this as well. So if um, there's no way Dops could even potentially look at it if they weren't sure because the angle is not conclusive. So we have to move on. I think good hit. Um, well, I've only seen it from from one angle, and I saw it briefly. Um, obviously, Watling's a skilled player. He's going to be targeted, especially in a small rink like Manchester. I, on first review, didn't think it was that bad. I, I thought it was maybe looked worse because it was by the, by the benches. Um Five minutes pen, five minute major, not for me. But I'm, I'm the same thought process. I, I'm kind of a bit on on the edge on this one in terms of is it a good hit? Is it a bad hit? I agree with Scott. He's by the boards, and there should be some preparation to be hit. Um, that's the hockey play, uh, so long as it's all legal and all that jazz. And I think it, it now says something that some Scott says. Well, Dops couldn't even look at it because of one angle. And that's the only camera they've got. And maybe this is where. It's developed this season where we tell clubs we need more angles. I don't care. You don't need to have the the, the vast production like a Steelers podcast, it's not a podcast, a webcast by apologies, or the Panthers one with the multiple camera angles that they have. But if you have you know four, five, six camera angles where Dops can have a better look at the scenario and, and if they want to decry foul play, they have more chance. And I, at the moment, obviously Manchester don't. So maybe that's something. Uh, to to look at, uh, but I'm I'm kind of in terms of hit. I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm I'm. It's not the worst hit that I saw this weekend. It's it's not a good. It's not the best hit if that makes sense. Um, and I do think Sheffield got lucky with that five minute power play. Even if it was like a bad hit, I'd probably 
probably say two minute, if that. For me, though, the worst hit was the night after. And, and Dundee coming to, to Sheffield, and they're normally, you know, nice, play good, okay, respect how they do. First period, they were just hitting and elbowing everything. And there was one, for me, I'll, I'll start off a, a bit of a, a nasty hit from, from Phelps on, on Sourceman that was led with the elbow. I know that did the rounds because I, I didn't realise the trend now is recorded it for, for fighting uh, accounts. But guys, if you saw the hit, um, what were your takes on that? Uh, that was the worst of the weekend I've seen. Um, shocking. Um, I didn't see it at the time. I'd obviously seen the fight and I didn't actually see what caused it, but having seen it again, not surprised that he lost his shit, to be fair. He led with his elbow. That was a dirty, dirty play. Um, another guy that kind of came and stuck quite soon afterwards because he then sort of uh, got fed his dinner, didn't he? From uh, the hood afterwards. Um, yeah, no place for that. When you lead him with your elbow, that's just a fucking dangerous play. That's a guy that hit the guest guys concussed. And I think if any player comes to the league and he starts chucking those kind of hits around, they deserve to get filled in. Um, it wasn't long afterwards. I think Sam Jones almost went with uh, Johnny Walker. That would have been a bit of a mismatch, I think, as well. Um, said before, like Jones is a player. But stop you know, interacting with these guys that can probably like you know, do damage to you because that would have been a bit of a mismatch if that fight had happened. But I think because there was a... A few pens already, already been called. Walker kind of just sort of skated away. And I'm quite glad that did happen, if I'm honest with you. But um, yeah, Dundee. Who would have thought it? But then that being said, we looked at the roster at the start of the season, didn't we? We said there's a few guys that can mix things up a little bit. They're probably going to, when they're going to get beat, try and maybe do something to maybe keep the fans happy. Um, and I'm not a fan of that. I think if you're going to try and play the game, play the game honest. And if it's a sign of things to come, I don't like the look of that at all. Oh, well, Mr. Phelan. Didn't have the best of games there, did he? Well, two hits, and he quickly learned that you don't mess with Robert Dow. Um, the hit, the el- the elbow, his shoulder is shocking. Um, not not a fan of that at all. Um, Sourceman dancing with him. He said he's only up for one or two fights this season. He's already had two, so he needs to calm down. John, what's what's the beef with Mister Jones? No beef with him. I just think that he's a, he's a good player, and I just not- think that. It's like when Robert Farmer started playing, first of all. He, he had about eight fights and he got filled in eight times. And okay, maybe it's just getting your name out there. I don't know. I got no people with him at all. I like him as a player. But, but I think with, you know, he's a British defenseman. He, he plays defensive. He, he plays penalty kill. They need him on the ice. And I think if you're a forward playing that role, yeah, fine. You can afford to be, you know, be in the box for, you know, two, four, five minutes, whatever it is. British defenseman. They're, they're more valuable on the ice in terms of you need the six guys out there. And I don't want to see... Are we not then kind of... Will we, will we give back shit for not doing that? He's sticking up for his team. You'd rather Mr. Jones fighting than Sourceman, wouldn't you? I, I, I think if he... He's not... He's no little guy. I think he can do a job. I, understand, I understand your point about British defenseman being a premium, but I don't have any qualms and Jones mixing up a little bit. That's what I want David Clements to go back to doing. Um, you, but then you could same argument. You don't want Dowd. Five. You can yeah. see he's a captain now. I know he's handy, but he's a goal scorer. So um, yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a fair point. You know, it's, it's always good to have a second opinion. You know, but I don't know. I just think that he's maybe trying a bit too hard for me. And I know he's probably in that okay, bracket yeah. where he's kind of borderline of making the national team every year. And he made it last year on merit, and I do think that was a fair call. A few people did say. He was lucky to get picked for the national team. I think, based upon seeing a lot of games of him last season, he deserved the call up. Um, I don't know. It's just maybe it's just me being a bit overprotective, and I don't want him to get like injured or hurt, or whatever. Do you know what yeah, I, mean? I can see that. I can see that. Why? Well, I, I actually haven't seen the seen the hit, so I can't comment on that. What I come just going on John's point with regards Sam Jones, and and your point, Scott, with you know comparing him a little bit to to Josh Batch. From what I've seen, Sam Jones is a step above Batch in terms of playing ability. So I kind of agree with John in that you don't want him off the ice, either in a, in the, in a, in the boxing, uh, you know, for fighting or, or, or even getting risking getting injured. So yeah, I can see both sides of it, but for me, 
I I probably think he 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 shouldn't be he shouldn't be stepping up to fight if he's from what I've seen he's not a great fighter anyway so so why risk it? I think in terms of the point John's making, Jones does have a stronger role this year in Sheffield, and yeah, um, you'd want to see him more on the ice. But I'm kind of leaning towards the respect of you know if he's if he can protect and yeah he, he's game for it. Um, does he, is his win ratio good? Maybe not, but you know, God loves to try. And in fairness to Sam Jones, he does try and tries very well, and is is quick to step, you know, step up for his teammates where he sees some fingers against him. So, I think you know already this season we're talking hits away every week, so maybe come the weekly segment. So uh, we'll move on from there. Um, stick into a similar theme, um, and we're, we're just going to briefly talk about refs and. Scott, you you wanted to to bring this point up, so I'll I'll hand it over to you, mate. Yeah, I mean, some of the stuff bandied about and the the tweets and the DMs we'll go into. Um, It's wrong. It's wrong. But refs should not be admissible from criticism. Like you criticise a player if they've not played well. There has been some shocking calls this season. Um, Clements, again, got called for cross-checking. When he had one on the, on the stick and the other guy was always halfway down. Cross-checking for me is a two-handed push into the back. It's just not a call. It's not there. The guy who's here. It bothers me when wrong penalties are being called because you are calling a penalty. You are seeing a infraction if there was one. So ref shouldn't be able to say, oh, we're, we're doing our job fine. And then I hate the response and you get other fans, you know, that jump on and want to be the happy clapper. Do the ref's course. I, I don't go to Miller and Carter for a steak and I get it well done and I wanted it medium and the chef comes out and goes, well, you cut the steak then. But it doesn't work like that. You, you're getting paid to do a job and if you're not doing it correctly, when you are seeing penalties and calling penalties that are wrong, that bothers me. You should be able to be called out, but you should be able to be called out in a fair way, not the way the fans are doing it at the moment. I agree with you in, in the context of as long as it's done properly. And like we've always said, and, and it's a sentence that just sticks with me, if you say something shit and leave it, that's no use. But if you say something shit because, I'm not saying you that, that word, but any if you say something's X because, you then have some middle ground, you then have, you know, it's constructive, and that's, you know, where points are raised, where you can learn from it on either side. But as per normal, with, you know, social media is allowing us to see the bad side of things and some more comments and... <sighs> It's, it's the problem is it's, it's it's happening every week and it's getting tiresome and I don't know what uh, what John and Dom think but we said it last year because it just got again last season we had the same thing of people just using it to say what they want without ramification it's already happening it's just fucking tiring yeah I mean yeah it, it's boring but we have to keep doing it if we have to do it every week for the next year two years then so be it um, whilst it's annoying I'm sure it's probably boring for people to listen to you know, we've got a platform to call people out, and I think it's only right when we do. The point I made before was if you're not prepared to say something on like a timeline or something that people can see, then don't say it at all. If you think you're, you're big and hard and you want to go into people's DMs, whether it be a player, a fan, referee, wherever. Now, I subsequently found out this kid, and he's a kid, he's 14, which is disappointing. But then if you're kind of big enough to send abuse out like that, and it was nasty abuse, it was sexist, misogynist abuse, which if, as a 14-year-old kid, how's even got those views even? But if you're going to give it, you got to take a bit of stick back. And okay, he kind of partly tried to own his, his shit. He didn't, he made excuses. And at the end of the day, there's no place for, whether you're 14 or you're 44, this kind of crap's got to stop. These people are human beings too. And yeah, like Scott said, you know, referees make mistakes and... I didn't see the game. I don't know what the ref, the incident was in reference to. But by the same token, who do you think you are? You can just go in and just give someone abuse you don't even know and get personal about it as well. No, it's bullshit. And I think the more that it gets shared and it gets people get shamed, the better. Because if people get away with it, they keep doing it. Simple as. And learn lessons. And if it's when you're a kid or when you're an adult, hopefully you'll learn your lesson. You don't do it again. But the one I would say is that when this kind of shit does happen, there's no people in the league, fans in the league, they will call it out. And I think that's good because at the end of the day, 
we're a community that doesn't need people like that in it. And clubs, like we said before, have got to start taking a stand and getting these people out of the game because they bring nothing to it. And if they want to be toxic, get them gone. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I I'm I'm I've called out. I've I'm not abused, but I've you know I've got upset at refs at games. I've shouted abuse. Um, I think like a lot of fans. But once you leave the game, that's where it ends for me. You can't be going into people's DMs. You can't be doing threatening people, abusing people um, that way. And 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 more so with our league. Yeah, refs do need to have some accountability, but they also need to have the support and investment, and they don't have enough of that in our league. And until they do, it's difficult to call them out. One point I want to make is the Elite League have been so quiet about it. You know, last year with the refs, they they come out and said, oh, take the course, which I, I don't agree with. And I've, I've been through that. But if why aren't the league making a statement? Why aren't the league saying to the clubs, right, if this happens and we've got a proof of it's Mr. Smith, you have to ban him. And if you're starting to ban fans, that hits the club in the pockets and that's when people start doing something about it. So why aren't the league protecting their assets and then giving the clubs that ultimatum, look, he's gone. That's And if he's a season ticket holder and you've got to refund him, then you're up to creek. So league, I'm calling the elite league out here. You need to do something. We but then why about... don't they... Work... Sorry, David. You'll put about the giving a refund, and I'm sure that's probably what a lot of clubs don't want to do. Let's get in terms of conditions. Let's get the season ticket application at the start of the season. You get, you know, caught giving abuse to a player, official, another fan. Let's not just make it like grey. Let's just call it like it is. So give them the, the, the ability to then ban fans, and they forfeit the money. And then that way, the club doesn't lose out financially. The person that does this act, whether it be, you know, an adult kid, wherever, they lose the money. And if they pay in advance, tough shit. You know, where, where is the accountability for your actions? There needs to be some. I can't disagree with that, John. Uh, one thing I'm going to say about Scott's point, we talk a number of times on this pod about we protect the assets, that's the players. The referees are just as equally as much an asset to the game. And... Like I've already said, you know, if if it's done in a manner which is constructive, yeah, by all means, you know, and we and in fairness, Tom, we've all kind of, you know, said stuff about referees doing a game, but I agree with you. Once you leave the doors of the rink, that's it, it's done dusted. But I'll I'll leave it on this point. And we also and you see it in every team Facebook group or social media, all oh, the rest is shit, blah 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 blah. You watch the end of the season and you see how many of our refs get the double IHF world champ gigs at top division downwards. A number. Great Britain, Great Britain, Great Britain, Great Britain. We had one of our, our crap referees doing the bronze medal game at the World Championships last year. Or sorry, this last season. You're not getting that gig if you're crap. You're not getting your, that gig if you don't know what you're doing. And I'm using lines that's frequently said by fans on, online and, and the stands. Given the resources they don't have, do our referees punch above the weight and actually do know a bit more than... And there's so many other factors, you know, the view that I have in my seat is completely different to the, the view that the referee has, et cetera, et cetera. By all means, I'm with Scott. Don't it in a proper manner, no issue. And in fairness, if you speak to them, they'll probably say, okay, what do you, what do you mean to this? And they'll, they probably will have that dialogue with you. But if you're just going to say the shit and leave it and, and, and some of the nasty shit you see already this year, get it in the fucking bin. Well, even if you, the clubs start uh, the elite league start finding clubs if there's repeat offenders that can hit them in the pocket, use some of the playoff money for training. There's just there's just no parity from what the league do to the refs, and they are left to their own devices. Um, and that's when fans get frustrated. Oh, I'm really frustrated. Like the slew foot was missed. It's one of the most dangerous penalties you can commit in ice hockey. That should not be getting missed. We're having, and then Blaze probably had to pay for a, a referral free for it. We don't know what goes on. We had that bit a few years ago where we had some clarity where they were paying Jim from Norway to come across and review it. But that's not happening anymore, is it? We've been through this before. I'm sorry, yeah. but it's yeah. we'll move on. I think at the end of the day, it always comes back to one thing, and it's always the lack of investment, the lack of the, the league doesn't 
put value value the refs enough to put the investment back into them and it could be just little things like you know videos up explaining penalties to the fans so that you don't get the the mass hysteria on twitter or whatever it may be um it's explained and 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 the fans know why a penalty has or has not been called or a ban has or has not been called in a, in 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 a, a particular situation okay they do it they do it for the dobs bans but they don't do it for perhaps some of the things that aren't called to explain why and i think a little bit more of that would would help i i must admit i would i don't know if we mentioned it as an idea or i see it online but if you got a referee before one of the games to do a call, explain a call. Each referee do one every week and it's put online. And that education to fans, because I'll be honest with you, I've, I've, half of it is fans don't understand the rules. Um, you know, I, I play beer league and I don't know all the rules to the finite degree. And there's more people that don't understand it. So I, I'd love to see that because I think if you give fans the material to go, right, instead of reading through the whole IIHF manual, they'll be able to start understanding and then it's not a case of they'll be like hang on let me just refer to that video was that the criteria etc etc and you'll start to to get a better understanding but yeah I think the league do I agree with you in that respect the league needs to support the referees a bit more uh, and even if it's just set you know just another course they do a course in August time in Nottingham once a year get everyone together maybe they need to do one maybe in January just a refresher. So, who knows on that one? But I'd, I'd, I'd take... Like... Go on. I'd, we haven't got a title sponsor, so we've not got any money. I'd take the shittiest title sponsor ever. I wouldn't care what it was called. You could go call it the Power Rangers Elite League. They gave 30 grand, 40 grand, to, and that money purely went to training refs. No one's going to no one's gonna give a shit what the Elite League's called. We've been called that many names of things that have gone bust. We don't care. So just no. get a get a title sponsor in, and that f- purely funds what you want to do with the refs. I've now got that music in the back of my head now. For <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, well let's. Um, anyone else has got anything else to add to that? We'll we'll move on to the next topic. It's one I'm I'm throwing in, and I think Scott's going to uh, join with me a little bit because I'm noticing, and yes, it's a perception on, on, viewed online. The old guard Cardiff fans again, very siege mentality about anybody criticizing them. Stems from the new logo, and any time anything's mentioned that's not all well with the world in Cardiff, they all in unison get together and, and uh, condemn you. And I don't, I've not noticed as much. I don't know if you feel the same, Scott. Um, the amount of the old guard Cardiff fans that have really got siege mentality this year. I have. I've been at it a few times, and I've read some few tweets, and I've had a bit of comment about me saying about the lack of identity uh, about the Cardiff Devils. I have nothing but admiration for the Cardiff Devils. It's my first rivalry. When I started watching hockey in 2001, it's the only club that I've watched consecutively for the past 23 years. I've probably watched 150 Blaze Cardiff games the amount of times we play each other. So I remember the Mike Ware eras. I remember the Tulip, Romnick. I remember your Bob Phillips, your Paul Reagans, the, 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 the issues you had to go through. I remember the WNIR being one of the last teams to play in that and having the heartache of Nathan Remple playing like Sidney Crosby and fucking Ovechkin in the same night. But the respect we have. John's one of my oldest friends in ice hockey. This isn't a club that I hate. This is a club that I grew up with. One of my favourite ever players to play in the league is Tyler Michelle. But the, but Cardiff beaters in the 07-08 knockout cup. I had no right to. I think you lost Patterson that year on a cost-cutting exercise. You had all the tr- trials and tribulations of um, the BBT not being ready. And I supported that a lot because I loved the rivalry. Um, what else have you had? Bloody just fucking... Well, I wrote it down because was a, we had um, the Adam Calder Fund when we were doing it. The Cardiff fans were really supportive. You guys had the Scott Masker Foundation. I donated some of my own jerseys, my Ottawa jerseys. It's not a club that I hate. And I've had a few things that really bothered me about saying, oh, you, who are you to talk? I've got a right to talk about this club because it's a club that I've known for 22 years, 23 years. And just seeing the comments about I'm obsessed and rent-free, grown people. Adults. No, I've just got, I've got, 
I'm on an ice hockey podcast for this league. I'm going to have opinions. No one had a go at me for calling Petgrave petulant last year or, or slagging off the clan or anything. That's what we do. We own our shit and I back things up with stats. Uh, Riley Brandt, well done, mate. He scored three goals in three games. I'm happy that he's doing it. He, if he shuts me up, great. Doesn't make a difference. He scored two goals against a, a Blaze team struggling defensively and a Guildford team that are nowhere to be seen. So let's put a bit of perspective in it. I called out Calman for saying he didn't care what fans thought about the logo. And I got shouted down for that. That's fine. I don't think Calman would be around for much longer anyway. So, and, and if the, the owners, if they don't get a return on their investment because they've not really won much recently, they might be off as well. And then the old Cardiff fans, what are they going to say then? And then the last thing is a Twitter account boasting about Alderson's uh, slew foot. That just tipped me over the edge. So if I see shit, I'm going to call it out, but don't say that I can't talk about Cardiff Devils. We'll bring in a, an older <laughs> Cardiff fan, Dom. We'll, yeah. we'll, add, we'll try and add some balance. I, I don't know if you class me as an old old Cardiff fan. I'm not, I'm, I'm not at the length of John. 16 I, I'm, years. I'm just going on age. Dom's just old. Dom's just old. We're just going on age. <laughs> maybe, maybe you can class me as a mid-term, a mid-term fan. Um, oh, where do I, where do I start with all that, Scott? Bloody hell! Right, um, let's start on the on the loss of identity. Um, I think you've got a, a point to an extent. I, I don't think Cardiff have lost their identity, though. I think their identity is evolving, and it has been evolving since the new ownership. Um, it's evolved in a way where the the club is run more like a business now. I can understand why some fans aren't aren't completely happy with that, but I think it's something that that needed to happen. You know, we are okay. We're not. We're not. We haven't won trophies for the last couple of years, but we've been competing. We've been competing um, with clubs that probably we don't have the right to compete with but we are um so yeah i can i can see you have a point but i don't necessarily agree totally with it i think i i yeah do you have a right to comment it of course you do you know so so does everyone and yeah right where where do where, where do i go next what was what was the next thing that you raised? Um, Calman, Calman, the, the blind defence of him. Oh no way! I'm. I, I hey, I, I've had my runners with, with with Todd over over the years. Even in the short time time he's there. Um, look, I think he's a bit. He he's a businessman. He's running the club as a business. He's doing what he thinks is is best for the business. Do I think he loves Cardiff Devils? Probably not. Do I think he loves his business? Yes. Do I, do I think he wants his business to be successful? Yes. Do I think what he said on A View From A Bridge was wrong? I thought he, it was... What he said wasn't necessarily wrong. It's where he said it that, that wasn't didn't sit very well with me. Going on an opposition's podcast um and and saying it in the week before we played them in a in a league game i didn't think that was particularly well thought out um so yeah i I won't blindly defend him um but i think overall he he's he's been good for the devils overall as a club now other other things you know go on behind the scenes that you don't necessarily know about. But for me, I think when he came into the Devils, if you'd have asked our fan base, if they could choose any GM in the league to come in and sort our club out at that time, they would have chosen Todd Kelman. I I couldn't sound the point in terms of where you were to where you've got to. Um, and the evidence is there, you know, from scratching around for a penny down the settee to, to where you are. It's, it's night and day from like five, six years ago. But I suppose from, from my perspective, it's 
I mean, I'm, I'm with, with Scott. I mean, I'm, I'll have the same with Nottingham. You know, that's been the rivalry that I've grown up with from a local perspective. But I've, I've also had Cardiff in terms of the silverware aspect. It's always been Sheffield, Cardiff, more often, more often than not for silverware. So I think fans respect rivalries and fans love the rivalry. They will all have the, a, a nod of admiration to teams. I just, for me, it's, it's kind of a, it's that siege mentality that, yeah, they always talk about it. It's, it's the same old guard talk about Sheffield fans have, Nottingham fans have, Belfast fans. Yeah, they, they're quick to go. Oh, they're obsessed. They're hashtag rent free and all that crap. Yeah. It's, 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 it just seems to be a I, hell of a lot I, more yeah. this year. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe. I think I, I can see that as well. I mean, what I will say with that is that Devils have a very passionate fan base. Now that that passion is a two edged sword. So when it's channeled in the right way, it's brilliant. Sometimes that, that it's not. It goes over to the, the wrong side of things. So, yeah, it does become people getting upset on, on Twitter and perhaps carrying things on more than they, they should be or on social media in, in, other, in other ways. Um, but the thing, the thing with, the, with the passion that the fans have, that I, I, for me... It's it's what has kept the club going for in times when um, they were in dire straits. You know when when they were playing out of the uh, the tent when the Reagan years when we thought the club was going under on numerous different occasions. I know some of it was before my time watching, but I think it was generally the passion of those fans that kept kept things going. And yeah, perhaps it's hard then for some of those fans to let go of things. They probably think that they have a bit more right to to an opinion than than than, than others. But know where you came from. Yeah, 100%. you were you were, you were on your ass. You nearly didn't compete in the oh yeah. six oh seven season. So have a bit of humility, and then the newer fan base. I haven't got a clue about my club's history. You can fuck off and all. <laughs> I, no, Scott, I, I do have a clue about your history. No, I, I, I know I you think, do, mate. I, I think I just caught the... Caught, <laughs> I just caught... I caught that. Yes. I remember Blaze being the best team in the league for a while. I do. Yeah. I think that's I when, I, when I first started watching. And I realise it's a long time ago. And I, I shouldn't be bringing it up, but I do, there was a few things that kind of teetering, you know, when there was a disrespect of Cozen going to Blaze. Kind of haven't been that ahead of Blaze in the last few years, and we do yeah. have a bit more history. So they're little things, just an accumulation of the internet needing to not be working in Cardiff at times. It just, just, just bothered me. And and then with the 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 latest one of glorifying. Uh, Alderson's uh, slooper was just yeah. tipped me over the edge, and I but think did it's they, I've been did Ill. they really did they really glorify it, or uh, did they should, just I, did they uh, just state a fact? Yeah, but you don't state a fact if when it's a slooper. I, 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 yeah, again, I can see both sides of that. To me, I don't know who's doing the the um, who's doing the socials for the, the Twitter account at Cardiff anymore. I think someone perhaps a little bit more experienced wouldn't have posted something like that. Um, do I think it, it was glorifying the suspension? No. Do I think it was a little bit naive? Yes. I'm going to throw one thing before I bring John into this. It's a parameter that I kind of use when other teams do this. If Sheffield put that type of stuff out and a particular person that has, well, will be hopefully getting on at some point in the near future onto the pod, if he'd put that out, what's everyone's reaction? And that, to me, that's where I kind of go. Meltdown. Okay. Sorry. Meltdown. Exactly. So that I mean, that's where I come in terms of you know the glorifying that bit. I did, I, I did think, what's the point of mentioning the suspension? Um, but I appreciate what the points you're making there, Don. John, because I appreciate you've you've nearly fell asleep there, my friend. Um, that's fine. I I wasn't too keen to get involved, <laughs> if I'm honest. Well, we'll we'll drag you very very subtly, and you, as you watched the game for a long, long time and you've you've seen kind of the rivalries, different ones, obviously Cardiff and Sheffield, Cardiff and Nottingham, Cardiff, Coventry. And you'll appreciate more that the respect 
early days of fans between each other of going, yeah, we want to beat you, but there is a respect there. And I think, is that going or are we just kind of longing for back in the day when it was there more prevalent? It feels like it's getting more tribal again. Um, as Scott said, I've known Scott a long, long time from the days when Coventry were the best team and uh, and a lot of my long-standing friends, even yourself, David, you don't know you forever, you know, and Dom obviously have known through Cardiff and and maybe it still happens now, but it just seems to be, I don't know if it's a generational thing, but people want to just tear lumps off each other. Um, not even just against opposite clubs, even their own fan base. There was an exchange at the weekend between two Cardiff fans that we all saw and the tribalism, it doesn't just seem to be just within protecting your own team. It seems to be protecting your own section of, of, of that team. Um, and I don't understand it because at the end of the day, you know, fans have got a right to say what they want, whether it's pro or, or against, and that's fine. You know, who are they to say that they another person's view is wrong? Um, there's too many people, I think, uh, that think they've been around the game a long time that they, they're better and they think that their opinion is, is more important and like they're, they're a self-appointed mouthpiece for, for a club um, and I think that a little bit of knowledge is a dangerous thing I think that some people need to sometimes think beyond what they think they think they know and dig a little bit deeper and then maybe question why they sort of things get said and things happen um, but they just want to be so pro the club or pro a person and not question maybe if that belief is right or wrong. Um, that's all I've got to say. I mean, there's obviously reasons why I don't want to go too much into stuff at that club. Um, but by the same token, some people need to just look at the bigger picture sometimes and just not be just blindly loyal. Um, because not everything is perfect. Not everybody's perfect. And if someone challenges their club, yeah, defend it all you want. That's your right to do that. But you know, if someone wants to criticise decisions or whatever, then that's their right. Who are you to try and shout them down that the other person's wrong? Um, yeah, I'm just rambling, boys, because I just think that I could be on, the, on this next hour or so and open up cans of worms all over the place. We'll, we'll keep the tins uh, tidy in the back shelf. Can um, I just come back on, on um, Scott's point on about disrespect for other clubs? Um, I I have noticed that, and I have noticed some of our newer fans being a little bit disrespectful of perhaps the Blaze or um, whoever it may be, Fife or, or whoever. Um, I don't think that is is representative of Cardiff fan base as a whole. I think the majority, the vast majority, especially the older fans know exactly where we've come from, know exactly where we could have been and are just happy that we're not there anymore. Um, you know, we we were Manchester Storm six or seven years ago. Um, we're now competing with Belfast and Sheffield regularly um, for for the trophy. So 100% know where we I know where we've come from and I think the vast majority of our fan base do some newer fans maybe not but the thing is Adam the newer fans to some extent whilst they may be in the minority they, they shout the loudest though um, and I think that if you're on the outside looking in it does give almost like an indication that they represent the whole fan base and you're right what you're saying there's a lot of good people down that club People I absolutely love, fans I've known for a long, long time, and all they want is what's best for the club. But there are a few on there that do seem to shout very loud, and they do kind of all back each other up as well, and it doesn't yeah, give a good look that, at times. That's that's social media all over, though, isn't it? That's You know, you get a few people on social media, you get the pylons, you get the people who, you know, as you say, they shout the loudest, They they say the things that perhaps um, they think everyone wants to hear um, just sometimes for likes. And, and yeah, it's not, I don't, it's not, I, I definitely don't think it's representative of our fan base. Can I end on a positive? 
in the Cardiff section. I understood, and I, I don't like it. It looks like a laughing cow, but Todd said that because it's such a flush on logo, it works on most things. So on a lot of pucks and shirts and little bits of logo, the logo does kind of work, even though I don't like it. So it's grown on me. I don't. I'm not going to say I like it, but I get it. So I'm kind of owning my shit a little bit. But yeah, it is what it is. Riley Brandt and the logo. I hope the subtweets are. I think it's. I hope I, the subtweets are entertaining this week. That's all I'm going to say, the, the and we'll leave it at that. Um, uh, yeah, but that's one. If we, if we I, say like it is, you know, if we something said to be criticised, we do. If something's said to be, you know, respected or given credit for, we do. Do you know what I mean? We're not just like looking for attention. We just we we're just honest. And whilst you know maybe like Brandt now he's having he's, he's having his day in the sun. There's no way the blind faith that was in him. Weeks ago, was was right either. We're not going to people subtweeting them. Oh, you're defending this guy who's not that good a player. It works both ways. If someone's doing well, we recognise it. If someone's doing shit, they're doing shit. That's our opinion. And if people don't like it, then that's up to them. But we'll always own our shit and we'll back ourselves every single time. Right, Riley Brandt. Can I just say one thing about Riley Brandt? Because I haven't said anything about him. Do you not think that maybe? the changing coach has had um, an impact on the way he's playing. And the fact that he was brought in um, the end of, was it 21-22? And he was basically told to play a particular role, which was to go out and smash people and just be a pest, getting people's faces. Now he's actually not doing that to the same extent he's being allowed to be a hockey player it's it, it's showing he can actually play a little bit i'm not going he's not going to top the league in scoring or he's not going to but if he if he can weigh in with 10 15 goals in a season on the fourth line that's more than doing his job 100% if he can do that on a regular basis he's worth his weight in gold if you've got a guy that's prepared to go out there and play any role the coach We'll ask of him, and he gives a bit of protection. Hundred percent agree. And then my opinion of him would have been totally different. But I just think that, based upon what most people saw last season, because there was a few people that loved him from the beginning, and there's always an element of some fans that love guys that run over for people and forget the sort of the protection side of the game. And that's fine if that's what turns you on. Then good for you. I was surprised based upon last season. Um, he did get a job under Russell. I didn't think he's a Russell type player. But I agree with you. I think he's getting the best out of him now. He's playing more hockey than trying to just, you know, run guys over. And yeah, he's shown he can play. But it, it still, to me, seems a bit of a a weird signing, whether it be last season or even this off-season, because Cardiff don't typically sign players that don't bring a lot to the table. Those days were like under Reagan when you get like Scott Dobbin that scored like one goal every 75 games or something, you know. You'd expect a bit more under a team with the expedition Cardiff has, and I don't really buy that they're not really competing with the bigger teams budget-wise. I'm sure COVID has an impact, don't get me wrong, but they're not paupers when it comes to paying out the uh, the salaries. They're, they're still competing with the big teams, and they can afford to compete with the big teams. And I was quite a surprise that he was brought back, and Petronino as well. But yeah, if he can score, like you say, 10 or 15 goals on a fourth line, more than his job, and more than happy to say... I got it wrong. I can't speak for anybody else that said the same thing, but here and now he's he's doing well. And if that carry carries on, then yeah, then what a signing. And the guy that gets paid to make these decisions is, is Pete Russell. And it, you wouldn't generally second guess what he does. The guy's got more than a proven track record. Nationally, of course, and also domestically to some extent. And if he gets him to play hockey, then shows he's a good coach. Yeah, I mean, if if having a, a Riley Brandt and a Petronero on on our team allows us to carry an extra import, then I'm I'm all for it. I mean, it's it's all it's all about horses for courses, isn't it? Um, I think there is an element of the Cardiff fan base that that loves players that go out and just hit. I mean, I'll hum hands up. I was one of those those people, especially when we going back from the days where we played in the BBT, that's what we used to do. Um, does it work 
on on the bigger ice pad and when we're trying to compete with Sheffield and uh, Belfast, that remains to be seen. Um, but as you say, if Brandt can contribute, can give us um, 10, 15 goals or, or even 10 goals and and play that, that high energy role without going too far, then I, I think he's doing his job. See if he gets multiple goals, uh, ten. You're talking ten goals against the top four. Um, it's all right if he's scoring two against five and that sort of thing. He's. I don't think Russell signed him. He's not a Russell player. You look at the players that Russell had in the past. Where I mean, he had Connolly at the Clan. He had Veron Paul, at MK, Denny Kearney, and that sort of players. They offered a bit more offensively. I think it was just the known. But I cannot believe how long we've gone on for Riley Brandt. So David, please send us savers. We'll do that. But you know what? I'll, I'll sum it up that, like this, as we've said it many, many times, and we'll say it again. If we get it wrong, or someone proves it wrong, we'll own the shit. Um, enjoy your moment in the sun, and I hope it lasts for as long as it does. But let's go from Cardiff. Let's go to another sea, Coventry. Scott, how's things in, in the, the land of the blaze? Indifferent. Um, I was away. I was glad I was away for the Cardiff game. But don't worry, I was well informed with what was going on. Uh, defensively, it's a it's been shambolic. Uh, Danny would say that and admit that, and um, I think some something will, will, will change, and it, it has to because it, it's just not working. And then you flip forward forty eight hours, and we put Guildford Flames to the sword, six one, a few defensive howl ups. Um, I'm glad we played Guildford. Because, as I said, I've crossed over Coventry. I think that we will be okay. We will get some. We will we'll get it sorted. But Guildford, oh my! Sorry, I've, I've jumped the eight ball here. But uh, ah, really you jumped the eight ball. I think you've like mixed up two phrases in one. Then jump the eight ball. What's the saying then? Behind the eight ball, jump the gun. Maybe I've you've got mixed COVID. Two up. Give me some. <laughs> Anyway, jump the gun. Jump the gun. Yeah. And behind, behind the eight, eight ball. ball. Come from behind the eight ball. No, ah. got stuck behind the eight ball. It's a family's what? pod, Dom. So, back to Coventry. Um, yeah. Coventry uh, need to get their act together defensively. And then I think the goals will come with better play, better transition. Mitch Cook, I think when he finds the net, he'll, he'll, he'll open up. But we did play Guildford. Um, and Guildford are in disarray. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real surprise. And... One of the lads said earlier, oh, Flames have made, they've cut someone. And I guess straight away who it was, because he, he was, Dixon wasn't going to cut one of his old boys, was he? And he bought his big sign, cut his big sign in Petrozuli, who I think most teams in the league will have a look at. But yeah, for me, it's worrying, worrying signs. But not that we didn't predict this anyway, you know, because we are elite league hockey experts. We are something along the lines. Um, Having said that, though, I agree with you, and I'll bring John and, and Domitis about Guildford, and it is on a worrying trend. They aren't having the start, and especially the home form. You know, they won one game so far this season. They've had a couple that going into overtime, but they've lost everything else. It doesn't seem to be the season that they had, and you'd have thought they'd use the the, the shoulda, woulda, coulda, the closest of last year to really drive on this year. And guys, I don't know if it's just me, but I think that they're falling short. Wheels have fallen off. Not that I'm counting, but I think it's like five on the trot they've lost at home now. Because they've got a point in one of those games, but I'm pretty sure it's five on the trot. And that's just... I did say like last season, and I felt a bit guilty for saying it, but I said, is it maybe a flash in the pan? Um, maybe it was. Um, it's a shame because we like, Digger, we've talked about him all the time. We've got a few Guildford boys we've we've um, interviewed, and they're good people, and got some great friends from Guildford through GB and Steph. But they've been found out. This this is it's just bizarre. Like they've lost five games on the bounce at home. Not even in in, in some games they got beat by Manchester, which surprised me. Cardiff blew them out the the weekend as well. Coventry just destroyed them. Um, and yeah, second you probably. I guess one of the highest paid players who's brought in to score goals. Yeah, that's that's a start, but they're shipping goals all over the place. 
you know, they're shipping fives and sixes and stuff. You know, it's not going to be down to the scorers when you're conceding that many goals. Uh, interesting. I I think it, it, it just goes to show that they're not going to be competing for the championship this season, which we probably expected anyway. Um, last year would have been fantastic if they did it, but they came up short just a little bit. And um, I think, yeah, if you want to get a few goals under your belts, you want to play Guildford right now because they look like they're the, the whipping boys, right? Now, which is bizarre to be even saying that, especially with most of the same team back as last season. Don't what do you think, Dom? Um, well, yeah, Guildford, Cardiff have played them twice. Um, traditionally, we've always had very close games with Guildford, um, but both times we've beaten them comfortably. So they're not the same team that they that they were, obviously. Um, they don't, they just don't look right. I, I don't, I don't know what it is. The, the, the defense, in just in the highlights that I, I saw from Sunday's, uh, sorry, Saturday's game, was all over the place. It was nearly as bad as Blazes on Friday, on the Friday night. Um, it, it was, you know, it, it was. It was poor, and it's, it's something that you don't expect from Guildford. Over the years they've been in the Elite League, they've always been a tight team. We've always had close games with them. So, yeah, something isn't right there. Maybe this change they've made will be be what they need, but let, time will tell. Just just one more point. Now we, we raised it with Kyle Block. They brought back the same goalie tandem, and they've only changed one D-man. And they shipped the goals that they shipped last year. The D coverage is shocking. So it's it's much of a muchness, and it's not really a surprise. It's, it is a surprise that they're just not scoring. And one more point: um, obviously they lost Tedesco to Giants. I think McNulty wasn't offered back a contract because he scored uh, on the power play, big slapper from the blue line, and then as he skated past, he just stared down the Guildford bench. That's not a player that's uh, happy that with his last season in Guildford. That's a player that's trying to prove a point. So I'm all for it, Mr. McNaughty. And he cleared house with a couple of minutes ago. He took a little two-minute roughing. And uh, Archie Hazeldine and Jack Hawkins had a little fight. Um, the two young Brits, they're not taking any shit, which is great to see. So I've ended the weekend on a positivity. There we go. Well, that's what we like to see. Um, do we have any other business? Um, I've got a couple of items. Um, Dom, John, anything? I've seen shaking heads, so we'll go quickly into these. Um, news since our last episode, uh, the Olympic qualifiers uh, has been confirmed. Britain, and I don't know how or why in terms of calculations, they are going to be in the round before the final qualifier, but they've been held in the UK down in Cardiff. Um, eighth to the 8th to the 11th of February. They have Romania, China, and a qualifier. And if they don't get out of that group, they uh, lost for words. And if they do get out, which I believe they will, it'll be either Denmark, Riga, the Denmark in Alborg, Riga, and uh, Bratislava, Slovakia. But more than likely to be Riga if to make the final qualifying round. Uh, that sounds like a nice long weekend, John, doesn't it? August uh, in Riga? I wouldn't say no. Let's be honest with you, Riga, at the best of times, is always a good place to be, but in the, the sunshine, you know, and the cheap beers and stuff. Let's be free to get past the might of China and Romania and whoever else before then, so let's not get carried away. These powerhouse hockey nations. Um, yeah, I've, I've long dreamt of playing in the Olympics and we've been close on a couple of occasions during my lifetime and we've come and stuck but we've done it getting to the worlds but I think for the for the game to progress in the UK that Olympics is fucking huge it really is because you know that's when you start to get the media taking taking a notice of hockey you know we've all grown up watching the Winter Olympics from little kids when we watch downhill skiing which we pretend to enjoy for two weeks of the year or every four years whatever it is we all loved Eddie the Eagle you know wherever flipping curling wherever snowboarding and everyone's into it for that short length of time and they they can't take up snowboarding they can't take up downhill skiing hockey is just different you know if you can get kids obviously watching this now and maybe then they get excited by it if we get to the olympics it'll just bring it to a bigger audience and i think that 
GB qualifying for the Olympics just makes that next step absolutely huge. And I just hope we can get through and yeah, weekend in Riga and hopefully another little uh, step towards the Olympics would be amazing. So I'll say this, if it ends up being Denmark in Aalborg, I wouldn't mind that I ever been there a couple of years ago with the Conti Cup. That is a nice place to go to and some very nice bars as well. Um, what I'd recommend to all of us on the pod and everybody else who listens. Uh, so that's on the horizon in February with the um, season break for there. And we'll stick Cardiff because Cardiff's Continental Group has been confirmed. Uh, they obviously go into Grenoble, another good part of the world. Uh, Nomad Astana, I believe they still call that. I can't remember if they changed the last bit because the city's name changed. And Zemgale has qualified to join that group with with Grenoble. Um, very quickly, yes, no. Do Cardiff get out of that group? I think we'll struggle. I think the Latvians will be good. I think Grenoble being at home in France will be will be strong. Um, Nomad, I, I don't I don't know anything about, but I'm I don't really care. I'm just going for the for the beers. So you answered the question I was going to ask you if you were going, but we'll come back. Scott, what do you reckon? Uh got to play Billy Nomads. I, I'm supporting the Devils because I'm happy that they took the opportunity to go and they didn't shirk away from it and the fans are getting a trip. So, go Devils. Uh, I think they'll do it. They've got a good enough team. Not convinced that PR stunt there by Mr. Finley. Um, but, oh, no, you know. I said it last year. I said it. I was really happy when they took it. Yeah, yeah, you, took, yeah you did you know, commend them for doing it as we all did, but you ain't supporting them. Well, I, okay, the support was the wrong word. Uh, how, how can I uh, uh, give this a politician answers? You they hope will, they do well. Well, well, Tom and, and, and Dave can tell you they're both Tories, as we've yeah. established before, so they um, can oh, use some pointers. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not letting that one ride, John. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll, we'll allow him that second, but it's, it's there fine, was a fun thread of we'll put it back in his that. box, don't worry. They have, <laughs> they have my... I don't. Fuck it. Whatever. They'll go for it. <laughs> I, I, two things. That, that I, was painful, Scott. I, I think they'll go for it. reversed. Um, I think they'll beat Zimgali, and I think they'll beat Grenoble. A star are normally uh, a stumbling block for British teams, and I think it's disgusting that fans are going to the Continental Cup on the piss. I think it's horrific. I think it's terrible, and that's why teams should have declined the spot, but I'm with John 100%. Oh, sorry, Scott, that they took the spot and let them go to the final, and the best of British to them. Um, on that bombshell, that's it for this week. Uh, Do you have an opinion on that? No. Are they going to get through? I, I've said they'll go through. Didn't ask me. I thought you answered. No, I just I took thought, I thought you said that they were going to go through. Didn't answer. I apologise, Elder okay. of the Parish. Why Didn't whilst I said that. the diva. <laughs> No, I was going to kind of so echo God. pretty much. Okay, he, he was, what, he was how do you think they're going to do? the answer for so long that nobody actually realised whether you'd answered the question. <laughs> I was I just challenging, challenging Mr. Finley on his lies about being a Devils fan, you know. Um, yeah, I kind of shared some opinions, Dom, to be fair. I think you'd obviously naturally assume Latvians should be strong just by virtue of the fact there's a hockey nation and it's probably the strongest nation in that group. French teams always tough to say, aren't they? Because they can, with home advantage, you never know. But uh, I think they get through. I think they get through. Um, and yeah, then they go through to the next next phase and maybe maybe host it again. You never know. Um, but I'm going to go there. I'm going to qualify. And Dom, I'm going to guarantee that I have no scraps, lots of alcohol, and a great time. And Dom will come up with at least 15 new chants as well. Because when Dom goes away with the devils he gets stuck in a bar him Elliot and likes a Sean and they come back and they steal all the songs or the chants they've heard and they read them in devil's words and and then they last for years so Dom will probably be bringing back some amazing tunes with him so uh, look I know, forward to I'm, that I'm, in the future I'm taking no credit for that that's, that's Elliot that well, Elliot, and, Elliot and Sean I, I just shout loud yeah well you help to spread the gospel of like but then that being said by they get stolen from other teams and they then take the piss when they you know, it wasn't theirs when they didn't invent it in the first place. How <coughs> fast. I'm looking forward to hearing the stories now, uh, post-Grenoble. I'll, I'll look forward to seeing the WhatsApp group go on that one. So, 
<laughs> so now John's gave his opinion and answer. Thank you, John. Um, that is it for this week's episode. Uh, Dom, thank you for your time. It's been a delight to have you on. Told you we'd be gentle with you. Um, thank you for giving up your time this evening. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. It's been fun. And uh, yeah, maybe later in the season I can uh, come and sing Riley Brandt's praises again. We'll book your post Grenoble, don't you worry. Diva, Scott, as ever, thank you for your time. Um, always a pleasure, never a chore. Thank you very much. Really enjoyed it, boys. Good to see Dom on. Dom talks a bit of sense as well, unlike most of us. And Mr. Finley looks like he's dying, bless him. He's, he's soldiered on right throughout the pod. I can see he's in a bit of pain and a little bit of uh, discomfort. And uh, see, he loves us so much. He gave up his evening when he's half dead from COVID and he still appeared. And respect him for that. Yeah, um, the drugs do work and they've worn off. So uh, let's close the gate. (laughs) (laughs) See the gate closed on another episode on the 3 and 3 podcast.